All right, so let us go into a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you for being a wonderful God. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you give to us. Lord, we thank you for our life, health, and strength. Lord, we thank you for um, just being who you are, a loving God, a God who's kind, who's merciful, uh, who's forgiving, a God who uh, loves us, Lord, a God that cherishes us, a God that um, has placed all of the things around us that we see just for us. You you have uh, made us feel so special. Uh, so, Lord, help us to return that favor to you, to live a life that's pleasing, to um, obey your word, to prove to you the love that we have for you. Help us not to love in word and, and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so, Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth and only your word um, that uh, things would help us, things would encourage us, things would um, continue to push us in the in the direction that we need to go. And Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens to us, help us to remember that there's always a reason to have joy in the midst of every single storm, every trial, and every tribulation. Lord, we'll continue to praise you. We'll continue to honor you. We'll continue to magnify you, uplift your holy name. And Lord, we'll tell the entire world about you. In your magnificent name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, <clears throat> the question says, is it worth it? We're going to go to the book of um, Timothy. Yeah, we're, we're going to go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. Um, I... I wanted to talk about this because uh, as people, we love money. Um, we know money is, the Bible tells us money is the answer. Uh, money helps us to be able to accomplish things, uh, whether it's a place to stay, food to eat, uh, clothing, whether we want to travel, um, whether we want a boat, I mean, whatever it is, the money is what enables us, you know, by the grace of God, the money is what allows us to have the uh, freedom or the luxury to do with the power uh, to do things that we, we so desire. And so um, just just looking at things going on in the world, um, this, this was kind of on my heart. So I want to go to the book of, again, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and let's pick up there verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. The Read that one more time for us, man. For the love of money is the root of all evil. The love. Now, he didn't say money is the root of all evil. He didn't say that. So oftentimes you'll hear people quote this, and I'm guilty of quoting scripture and it, it not being 100%. Um, um, you know, we're, we're trying to quote something and we might miss a word here or there. But, you know, we have to be careful and make sure we get the right meaning across. Because you'll hear people say money is the root of all evil. But I know when they say that they don't have the understanding that 
he says the love of money is the root of all evil. See, when a person loves something so much, when we love something so much, we're willing to do any and everything to get it. And especially as it pertains to money, we'll do some, uh, as people would say, some low down and dirty things for money. We'll steal, we'll lie, uh, <laughs> we will we'll kill. We'll do a lot of things. Um, recently I've seen a person using fake checks. Man got above $7,000 with a fake check. It is the love of money that drives a lot of things. The love. I've seen many times where preachers and churches stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars because if people feel they won't get caught, we'll do some things. The love of money. We know certain things are wrong. We know stealing's wrong. But for money, we're willing to do it. Um, I heard, um, uh, and this, this is something we've seen, people will hit a person's vehicle, people will hit a parked car, or you go to Walmart, someone will back into your vehicle, side swipe you, dent your door in, um, maybe opening their door, and because of the love of money, because they don't want to pay for it, they say, well... <laughs> I'm going to just move on. You know, they weren't out here to know. It's the love of money that drives a lot of things that people do, especially when we feel we won't get caught. And so my question is tonight, I understand we love money and people are willing to do whatever it takes to get it. But in the end, is it truly worth it? That's my question. As I look around and see people do so much, I've seen people go and steal parts off of people's car. People will go and cut your catalytic converter off because they want to sell it for a piece of money. So many times, Melvin, I ride down the highway and I'll see a person's car uh, have stopped on the side of the, of the road. And if they leave that car out there all night, the next day you come back, somebody's stolen your rims off. Somebody's stolen your tires off. The love of money. People aren't willing to go and work for it themselves. You have so many hackers uh, in the world. You go to the gas station, use your, use your debit card, and people get your information and steal your money. Someone way over in California, someone way over in another country, another state or another country. The love of money. I mean, it's their full-time job. Their full-time job is stealing our money, stealing your money, stealing my money. The love of money is causing these things. The love. You know, people, people will go very far when they love something. And my God, will a person go far when they love to steal something? People come up with these uh, well-thought-out plans to rob banks. You know, I even seen people trying to rob a Brinks truck. 
folks driving down the road, somebody pulls up beside them, just shooting at their vehicle. Bulletproof uh, glass, but they're shooting at the vehicle, trying to run them off the road. The love of money causes so many problems. But you know, it fell onto my mind, is it worth it though? See, I know we can do some things and we say, well, nobody found out or nobody's going to find out. Is it worth it though? I want to read a few things. Let, let's, let's start over in that verse one more time, Melvin. We'll finish this verse out. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some mm -hmm. coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, I want you to look at this close. He said, because people loved money so much, they have left God's faith, they have left the truth, and they have pierced not someone else. See, when people steal from you or when people manipulate you or when people uh, talk down upon, upon you or whatever, they feel they've hurt you. But look at who he said they really just hurt. He said they pierced themselves through with not few sorrows. He said many. Many sorrows. See, I, I want us, Jesus talked about in one place, considering the cost. We did a Bible study on that uh, some time ago. Jesus told us, consider the cost. He said, you don't set out to build something. Build a tower, build a house, build a store. You don't set out to build it without considering how much it costs. But sadly, we do in this world. You know, if we want something to eat, we go to the store. We don't ask them, you know, how much does this cost? We just see the menu. We say, look, I want a number five <laughs> extra pickles, <laughs> extra cheese. And we never consider the cost. And then after we finish giving them our order, we say, look, I want a large fry. I want a, a large Coke. Give me three chocolate chip cookies. After we read them our, our order, they said that'd be $29.70. We said, man, what did I get? <laughs> but it's because we didn't consider the cost. And now when the price comes, we're not expecting it. Call us off guard. See, there are so many of us. We have erred from the faith because we love to make money. We're willing to manipulate. We're willing to abuse. We're willing to steal. We're willing to leave everything God taught us because we love money so much. He said, but you have to realize you just pierced yourself through with many sorrows. God is going to make sure that we pay for this. Not Tony, because God knows Tony doesn't see everything. And I'm not even trying to. But God himself, he's a, a just judge. He's a just judge in all the earth. And he's a God who will do right. So I'm looking around. And because we love money so much, we're hurting ourselves. You know, I heard a preacher now, a preacher say this. I heard a preacher. 
And he told me he had a few degrees, two, three degrees um, in different fields of study, business. And then he told me he had a, uh, uh, he went to seminary school. I said, man, you know, this is right up my alley. This is what I love. And he began to tell me how he preached for, I think, 10, 15 years. And then the man told me he stopped. And I'm wondering, why would you stop? What could cause you to stop preaching for God? Because this is a job. You know, this is like being saved. You don't just wake up one day and stop. This is something we do for the rest of our lives. You know, we don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I just want to stop eating. No, this is a part of life that is necessary. Hearing the word of God and for preachers, preaching the word of God. So he told me he stopped. I said, why, man? What, 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 what would cause this? He said, man, I wasn't making enough money. Hallelujah. The love of money caused this. He said, man, yeah, I had to do something different. I just wasn't making enough money. See, this is the sad world that we live in. I'm trying to warn you guys about this. The scripture tells us ye shall know them by the fruit that they bear. The world around us Preachers included, we're in love with money. We love luxurious things. We just have to have this. We have to have that. So we said, man, I need some money because I want this new thing. I want that new thing. It's the love because we love money. So I wasn't expecting the man to say that. I've never heard a preacher say, I stopped preaching because I just didn't make enough money. This is the first time that I've heard that. I'm sure it's happened before, but this is the first time I heard it. And so this had been weighing on me because I see just how powerful this love of money is. But this person has now walked away from the faith. Look, I don't know if God called a person to preach or not, but if God called the man to preach, you can't just give up on God's job and say, God, you didn't pay me enough. See, sometimes we don't, we're looking around so much at other people, we don't realize just how much we actually have. We don't realize how much God has blessed us. And there are things down the road for us tomorrow, the next day, the next month, the next year. There's blessings that God is still waiting to give to us. Sometimes when a parent has a child, they might have something that that child is just not mature enough yet to receive. And so they said, look, next year I'm going to give my child this. They've already planned in their mind what they want to do for this child next year. They said, look, for, the, for this child's uh, next birthday, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. These are blessings down the road. God has blessings for his people but we won't even get to them because we turn around and go back all for the love of money because we lust and desire things that we don't yet have. We don't have it already. 
And so this is what Paul talked to us about here. Read this verse for us one last time, Melvin, before we hear somewhere else. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Look at what's happening. Because we love money so much, we're disobeying God. Now, I'm, to be honest with you, there's so many examples of this in Scripture that I've been having a difficult time trying to figure out which one I wanted to show you or talk about tonight um, because, you know, time is limited. Um, and I believe the Lord is telling me to go uh, talk about Balaam. So I want to look at Balaam. Um, this will be in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. Now, God knows I won't be able to hit everything on this tonight. Uh, this is, is if, if you really look deep into this, you'll see just the power that money has. Now, this is a prophet. Since I'm dealing with a priest, uh, I've talked about preachers already. This is a preacher here. So now, look at how this money affects not only people in the world, but even people in the church. So what we have to do is make sure this uh, money does not consume us, take control over us this same way. See, there, there, there's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, and he tells us there's a time. Now, I'm not going to quote the verse exactly, but he tells us there's a time to gain. There's a time to receive, and there's also a time to lose. See, we're, we love to gain. We said, man, I just got $100. Man, I just got $150. Ooh, $300. I just got $50. I just got $20. We love to gain. Look, if we walk outside and we pick up a $5 bill off the ground, we say, man, it's my lucky day. That's what people say. Because we love to gain. Somebody says, it's my lucky day. But if we have to spend five, we say, man, man, I'm hurt. We are hurt to spend any money. We're hurt. But we must recognize the book tells us it's a time and a season for everything. It's a time to receive and you multiply and you increase and you gain. But there's also a time where you have to lose. You can't be a winner all the time. You know, when we're, when we're playing some type of sport or some type of game, we love to win. And I don't care how good you are at whatever thing, there's a time where you will lose. It, that comes with it. We have to learn to be okay with losing. Now, I'm not telling you, hey, walk outside and <laughs> just ask somebody, hey, who wants all of my money? And you give it to the first person and their response. I'm not telling you to do that. But you have to understand Look, when I go to the gas station, it's not my time to gain. No, it's my time to lose. I'm going to give them money, and I've got to receive some gas. 
when I go to the store and I see an item I want, a bag of chips, it's not my time to gain money. This is my time to lose money and gain the chips. But what people desire is to gain everything, but to never lose. This is a problem to God because he tells us, we better go and get that. Before we get this, let's run over to the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, I think it's chapter three. I have to try to find it. I, I think it's chapter three. I could be wrong there. Yeah, chapter three. Ecclesiastes chapter three. Pick up verse one here because I want to make sure. I want to make sure we get this before we jump over to the book of Numbers. To everything, there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. We have to understand this. Look, look, I know tonight this isn't one of those shouting feel-good messages. This isn't a message. When we talk about losing things, none of us want to lose anything. I, I don't enjoy losing, but I understand this is a part of life. I understand if I can do this, God will bless me again. If the Bible, Job told us the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still a holy, righteous God. Because we came into this world with nothing. He said, it's certain. You're going to leave here. You still won't have anything. So I have to be okay not only with gaining, but with losing. So he said, there's a time, uh, there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. All right, read for us, Mill. A time to be born and a time to die. Now we know this. Drop to verse six though, because we're going to run out of time. Drop to verse six. A time to get and mm -hmm. a time to lose. This is what he's trying to get us to understand. We cannot always be gaining money. Everything in our lives should not be centered around, well, how much money am I going to make? You know, that, that's all we think about. And I'm not telling you, you should not seek to gain money. That's what we're all doing. But that cannot become your number one priority in life. Your number one priority has to be, in order to be saved now, if you want to be saved, our number one priority needs to be, I want to serve God. That has to be our number one. But you know, a lot of people's number one priority is, I want to make the most amount of money I can make. The love of money, not the love of God, it's the love of money. Everything in our lives is centered around making money. And I'm not willing to lose out on any money. So much so that the man told me, look, I, man, I had to give up preaching. Just didn't make enough money. Brother, you don't go into this to make money. That's the problem with the world around us. Everything's centered around making money. This is how the devil is deceiving us. He said, look, we pierced, our, pierced ourselves through with many sorrows, 
we're bringing problem after problem upon ourselves. People, people say, look, more money, more problems. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> because God promised you you would have this. Because all your desire is, is to make money. He, he told you you're, you'll have these problems. It's a true saying because the book tells us so because we love money so much. So let's go back to, to the book of Numbers, chapter 23. Numbers 23. We must be careful and consider the cost. Yeah, we can make a billion dollars in our lifetime. This many million, that many billions. But if God is not your number one priority, is it worth it? Is lying to people, manipulating people, saying, well, they won't find out, wanting to get over on someone, is it going to be worth it? I'm telling you, it won't be. It won't be. So I want to read here because we're running out of time quick. Let's pick up verse one, uh, 22, chapter 22, I said. Numbers chapter 22. In verse one. Um, let's pick up verse two here. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Now, Balak was looking at God's people, Israel, the children of God. He's looking at his people. And he's seeing how God is blessing them. They're going from this place to that place. And God is giving them the land. He sees it. And now anyone, uh, even at a job, if someone sees you moving up in the job, they become threatened. They don't want you to take over their position. They don't want you to gain more than them. So this is what's happening here. This man is feeling threatened. He doesn't want what he has to be taken. But the Bible tells us there's a time to get and there's a time to lose. But sometimes you're going to lose. It's written. Read for us, Mill. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many. Mm -hmm. And Moab. Now, drop down. Uh, drop down to verse 7. Because what's going to happen here is they're going to go and send for a prophet. They're going to call for this prophet to tell him, look, I want you to put a curse on these people. Glory be to God. But if God be for us, who can be against us? See, people get, look, people, <laughs> people talk about, yeah, I'm going to put voodoo on you and, and, and hoodoo and everything else. Look, if God be for us, look, it doesn't matter what cat, what spell you want to cast. What curse you want to curse? You can wish so-and-so go to hell or this happened or that happened. You can wish whatever you want. Once God is on your side, it doesn't matter what someone else says. You can have comfort in him. You don't have to manipulate someone for some money. You can be comforting him. He'll provide your every need. Even when it seems as if the situation won't work out for you, just watch how God always intervenes. 
He always does. So they're going to send for him to put a curse on God's people. Now, and you know God won't stand for this, but this is what they were going to try. Let's read them. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came they unto came. Balaam mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and spake unto him the words of Balak. They came to the prophet with some rewards in their hand. They came with some money. The love of money is the root of all evil. See, the devil understands this. And, you know, we understand this, too, as people. We know. Think about how many times people will do something wrong and they try to throw a little money and they say, look, don't say nothing now. We, we, we'll cut you a little piece of this. When people do something wrong, they say, look, we're going to steal this and we're going to give you some too. If we can pull it off, we'll give you some. See, money. People use money to their advantage to get whatever they want. There's criminals that have gotten out of jail because of money. They had enough money. They had enough power. This is money we're talking about. So these people, there's nothing new under the sun. They came down to Balaam with money. So now, for the sake of time, um, we can go ahead to verse 9. Go to verse 9 for us, man. And God came unto Balaam and said, what men are these with thee? Now, this is after these people made, made it to Balaam. God, now, I want you to notice this. See, you can really learn something. If, if someone would just listen to these Bible studies and pay attention, take heed to it. If you sincerely pay attention, God will open your eyes to some things now. See, I want you to know in the New Testament, in the book of 2 Peter, we might get to it. The Bible calls Balaam a false prophet. Now, this is what the book calls him. The Bible says this man is a false prophet. But notice something here. Read this verse again for us, Mary. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? Now, you tell me God don't deal with a false prophet. God spoke to the man and said, who is that here? This is God. But now you'll find in the New Testament, the man was a false prophet. See, you will learn enough to not be deceived by the devil if you really get in this book and study. You don't have to go to seminary school for this. And if you wish to go, do whatever you want. I'm not trying to tell you don't do it, but I'm telling you, you don't have to do that to learn this. God speaking to the man. Who, he said, who is that with you? All right, God already do read for us there. And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. Come now, curse me them, Peradventure, I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. 
He tells God all the details. He said, look, this king came down here. He wants me to curse these people so he can get them out of here. He tells all of this to God. Let's, let's see what God said. And God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. God directly tells him, don't go with them. These people are blessed. God says, do not go with them. Don't go. Now, that's, pre that's pretty plain. Read for us, man. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Mm -hmm. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuseth to come with us. Now, they have went back to the king and told him the man don't want to do it. He wouldn't listen. Sounds like the man is doing what God told him. God said, Look, don't go with him. But you know, when the devil starts fighting at you, he doesn't only try once. Oh, no. He's coming to test you out again because somebody's going to give in. Somebody's going to change. A lot of the once saved, always saved talking people saying, I started out on fire. I started out good. But you know what? Somebody's going to give in down the line. That's what happened to this man here. So many points can be pulled out of it. This man started out doing what God said. But he became a false prophet because he didn't continue. You don't want to become a false Christian in saying that you started out doing right. God is looking for you to continue. Let's read here, Mel. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. Now, the second time, he's going to send even more people, even more honorable. And I know what else he sent. He sent some more money, too. <laughs> the love of money is the root of all evil. See, when you start out trying to hold on and do right, when you see that money, when you see the opportunity for money, that's when we start to change. That's when, how many times have we seen, uh, we, we say, yeah, so-and-so, you know, they used to be humble, they used to be this, they used to be that, but now they're making a lot of money. And now they've changed, that money has changed them. The love of money is powerful. The love of money. So they sent more money now to him, and I want you to see what the man Balaam does. Let's read now. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus with Balak the son of Zippor, let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. They said, Let nothing. Don't let anything stop you. 
the man Balak told him later on down the line, look, God's holding you back. You know, sometimes I might do a Bible study on that. We feel God is the one holding us back. <laughs> That's what the devil tells us. God is holding you back. You could be doing this. You could be doing that. But God is the one holding you back. They said, look, don't let nothing stop you. Read for us, Mel. For I will promote thee unto very great honor. Uh-huh. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Mm -hmm. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. What look, I'll do whatever you want to do. Let's read what the man said. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now look at what he said. It sounds like the man is, he's saying the right stuff here, Melvin. <laughs> he said, look, you can give me whatever silver or gold you want to give me. Look, I can't go beyond what God told me. You know, this is how we should be. We should make that type of statement. It's not about the money. I just want to please God. And there's no amount of money you can give me to cause me to sell out on what God told me to do. But you know, he didn't end there. Read what he said next, Mel. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. My God. <laughs> <laughs> he started out strong, man, but he started out strong. The man said, look, <laughs> I can't go with you guys. God told me not to. You know, that's how uh, a child when they they ask their parent, look, can I go over so-and-so house? And uh, they outside the door waiting on you. You go and ask your parent. They said, look, you ain't going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. <laughs> you go back to the door sad. She said, I can't go. <laughs> but they come back a few minutes later. <laughs> you know, you go to asking again. This time you go and ask a different parent. See, you're not going to give up because you really want that thing. So the man here, Balaam, said, look, let me go and ask him one more time. <laughs> let me stay here all night. Don't, don't let this money leave my place. Look, I want you to keep all that money here. And he's hoping they leave some by mistake. <laughs> don't leave my place. Just stay here tonight. Let me go talk to God again. What is it that you have to talk to him about? God has already spoken. He said, these people are blessed. These are my people. If I'm for them, nobody can be against them. Not Balaam, not Balak. Not any of the Moabites. Not any of the Midianites. But Balaam said, look, he's already given in. See, we subtly start making changes. We start compromising with the word of God because of money. This is what people do. You know, people today, uh, I see people try to sell merchandise. They start telling little white lies, what they call it. <laughs> we start making these subtle changes. We say, well, I'm not telling, you know, a, a really bad lie. We call it a very small lie, but there's no big or small lie in God. This is what's happening to God's people. This is what's happening. We're sacrificing the word of God 
because of the love of money. So he said, I want you to stay here tonight so I can talk to him again. Let's see what God said to him. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, if the man come to call thee, rise up and go with them. Now, you may be thinking God changed his mind, but you know, God is upset. He's mad. You know, sometimes when you when you tell people not to do something and they keep on asking you and sometimes you just get mad enough. Uh, even a parent will do that. They'll tell a child not to do this, not to do that. And the child wants to do it so bad. They said, look, just go ahead. Go. Just go. And you know, when they say it like that, you better not leave. <laughs> you better not do it. They said, look, go ahead, go, go ahead and do it. You know you're in trouble when they say it that way. You know you're in trouble. But Balaam here, he, look, he's happy to go. <laughs> he said, yes, he changed his mind. Read for us, Neville. <laughs> but yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. He said, look, whatever I tell you, do that. Now he told him to do he told him his word the first time. He told him not to go with him. He said, these people are blessed. He told him that in the first place. Balaam didn't want to hear that. Isn't this God's people? We get into the church and God starts telling us things we don't want to hear. So we keep asking the same question over and over. And after a while, we'll go and ask someone else who will tell us a different answer that we want to hear. Read for us, Mary. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Now, I don't believe the man needed an alarm clock. I don't believe he needed a rooster. I don't believe he needed. <laughs> he didn't need the cock to crow because when you really want to do something, man, you'll rise up early. When a kid has to go on a school trip, mama don't have to wake him up. They wake mama up. You're you going to get up, help me. They might not even go to sleep. <laughs> they might not. When it's Christmas time, the kid don't go to oh, sleep. No. You have to make him go to sleep. <laughs> Balaam got up early in the morning. But now, read verse 22 for us, Mel. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Mm -hmm. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now, God was upset. See, God is upset when he tells us what to do. But, you know, if we just desire it so bad, he'll let you hear. Go ahead and do it then. But just know it's coming with a lot of problems. This man was faced with so many problems. We will not have time to pick up all these problems. But the love of money will drive you mad. That's what the scripture called him. He said, a mad prophet. You know this man was mad. We call it crazy. You know he has lost his mind. This man talked to a, a donkey. <laughs> you know this man is lost. God allowed. Let's read down here, Mel. Let, let's read it. So God uh, presents an angel now. And Balaam cannot see the angel. But God allows the donkey to see the angel with an arrow stretched forth, pointed directly at Balaam. Now, he can't see it, 
death staring him in the face. Somebody said he had a heart attack. Yeah, I bet he did when that angel shoots that arrow at your heart. I bet you have a heart attack. Yeah, I bet you will. They said, oh, he was in the best health. What, what happened to him? Look, it's a terrible thing, the Bible says, to fall in the hands of the living God. He's, a, he's alive and well. Don't get on his bad side because you love money so much to do the exact opposite of what he said do. You know, there's there's people doing jobs. Uh-oh. Did our video freeze? I hope not. Oh, no, looking good on my end. Okay. There are people doing jobs God doesn't want people to do. But they say, God, bless me with this talent. He gave me this ability. Does that thing glorify God, though? There's certain jobs being a Christian we shouldn't even be doing. We shouldn't be dancing provocative, uh, making, making ungodly music. There's a lot of things we shouldn't be doing being a true Christian. But because someone says, I can make some easy money getting involved with drugs, selling drugs, we say, I can make some easy money. The love of money. Let's read here, man. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two mm -hmm. servants were with him. Mm -hmm. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and mm -hmm. his sword drawn in his hand. Mm -hmm. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the wave. Now, the donkey is saving this man's life, turned aside to avoid this arrow. Now, Balaam can't see it. He can't see it. Read for us, man. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Mm -hmm. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smote her again. He hit her again. Hit the donkey again. He's mad now. I know he's getting mad. <laughs> this man, this man is looking at, I got money to be made. Just notice now when people are making money, look at how they're in such a rush and a rage to get to it. Man, I got to get this money. And anything that slows that down, we're mad as ever. Just look now what money will do to you. This man is about to die trying to make this money. I've seen a person went to work. I forgot, uh, I forgot how many hours. They set a record for going to work. I think it was in a month's time. They set a record. They did all that. And God allowed this person now to be able to work all these hours. And you know what happened right after they finished? person died. See, Balaam is about to die here. He don't even know it. Read for his mail. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. Now the donkey just falls down on the knees. I'm saying that so we can skip this uh, next part. Drop down to verse 28, man. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me 
those three times. Now, a donkey has opened its mouth and starts talking to this man. But because this man loves money so much, his eye is on the prize, we would say. This man wants to get promoted to honor. He wants all these uh, riches. He wants to inherit the kingdom. He wants everything he can get. So much so that he'll have a conversation with the donkey. Read, man. And Balaam said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. Mm -hmm. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Mm -hmm. Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. <laughs> this man has a full conversation. And not once did he say, hold on, wait, 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 wait. How are you talking? He didn't say that. Oh, no. See, when people's minds are consumed by money, they don't rationally think. You're not in your right mind. So now God opens his eyes in the next verse. Let's read, Melvin, because I've really got to go somewhere else. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. And his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. Now look at this, Remel. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to, to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. Now God tells him, what you're doing ain't right. What you are doing, I do not agree with. Drop down to verse 35, or no, 34. God tells, look how many times God has told him he doesn't want him to do this. You know, God tells us he doesn't want us to do a lot of things, but because we love them so much, we ignore it every time. There's things we're told, don't do that. And because we love to do it, we ignore it. Dropped to verse 34 now. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. No, there is no if it displeased God. It, it did displease God. <laughs> he said, look, if it displeased you, like I'll stop. But now he's confessed to the fact that he's sinned. Seems like the man is trying to get on the right track, huh? It appears <laughs> that way, somewhat. <laughs> Pick up. So God now, he's going to tell Balaam to go with the people. And he said, look, whatever I tell you to tell them, tell them. So now Balaam, for the, for the sake of time, we won't read it now. But you, when you get time, go and read chapter 23. And you're going to see Balaam tell this uh, tell Balak, tell him time and time again. And basically, he blessed God's people. I want to show you. Um, I want to show you uh, where he said it at. Drop down. You know what? I'll, I'll just tell you. I won't go there. But now, Balaam blessed God's people. 
He made an altar, made a sacrifice, and he blessed God's people so much that Balak, the one who wanted him to do to curse the people, he got upset with them. He said, man, I've told you to curse them, and you continually have blessed them. And so now it appears that this man, he's doing what God told him. He's doing what God told him. But you know what? Money still caused him to turn back. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Um, in the book, um, in the book of, I believe I want, uh, hold on one second. I believe it's in the book of Joshua. I forgot where I had that at. I'm not sure if I wrote that scripture down. Give me one second here. It's in the book of Joshua. Well, you know what? Let's let's do this. I'll, I'll get it in the book of Revelation. He tells us in the book of Revelation. Go over to Revelation chapter 2. We are on chapter 2. And, no, chapter 14, excuse me, in verse 2. Yeah, let's pick up Revelation. Jesus tells us it happened over there in Revelation. Now, it also tells us in the book of Joshua. But I remember where it said in Revelation. So let's pick up Revelation 14 and 2, I believe. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice you know, of many waters. Completely reverse it. 2 and 14. <laughs> I'm going to get it together here in a minute. Revelation 2 and so, 14. Yeah. Revelation 2 and 14. But I have a few things against thee. Now, this is Jesus talking to the church. Read for us now. Because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, mm -hmm. who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. He taught. Now, if you read chapter 23, you're going to find Balaam holding strong. You just We just read, he said, look, I've sinned, I've messed up. And then he leaves from there, he's holding strong. He, he continually blessed the people. But you know what? When you really want some money, you will do something. You say, well, I did not curse them. I didn't curse them like God told me not to do. But you know what? I'm going to tell Balak. I'm going to tell the king here. I'm going to tell him a way where he can make sure these people get in trouble. I'm going to tell him how to cause these people to stumble. See, when you stumble, you get off track. See, look at what Jesus said here. Close. Read that again for us, man. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. He told Balak, he said, look, this is what you should do. All you have to do. See, he wanted his money. He said, look, just let the people get close to each other. Let the people mingle. 
Let the women and the men mix. Let them start having children. Baylor taught him this. Look, look at what he said now. He taught him this. It tells you this also in the book of Joshua. Now, I don't remember exactly where that verse is. But this is what the man did. He told Baylor, this is what you do to cause them to stumble. And God got angry. Let's, let's run over to the book of 2 Peter. You know, uh, I, I, I knew <laughs> this was a very, um, it's a lot to look at here. In the book of 2 Peter, chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. I want you to pick up verse 1 for us. We'll drop down because I'm out of time. But I, I want to finish this up and, and show you here exactly what I've been saying. 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's pick up verse 1 here. But there were false prophets also among the people, mm -hmm. even as there shall be false teachers among you. All right. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying mm -hmm. the Lord that brought them and bring bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now we didn't read it, but the man Balaam was killed because of his actions. He was killed now. He brought destruction upon himself. The love of money is the root of all evil. And he said, look, they pierced themselves with many sorrows. This man was killed for this purpose. So when we read these things, ask yourself, is it really worth it to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season? It's only for a short amount of time. Is it really worth it? Read for us, man. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil mm -hmm. spoken of. Mm -hmm. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. See, he, <laughs> he said, look, people are going to make money off of you. The love of money is the root of all evil. They're going to use these tricky words. They're going to try to deceive you. Try to manipulate you. For money. See, Balaam, see, there's some, there's some people who we think we're so smart and outsmart ourselves. See, Balaam, what he did now, he said, I didn't curse them. He didn't curse them. He didn't curse them the way that the king asked him to. But you know what he told him? He said, look, I'm telling you what to do, though. To bring a few of your women around. Just bring them out here. Let, let them see your women you got over here. He, he put a stumbling block, the scripture said, caused them to stumble. See, once you put a woman in front of a man, it'll cause the man to stumble if he's not where he should be. If he continues to look, you know, one of the biggest lies I've heard people say, it ain't no harm in looking. One of the biggest lies I've heard people say, man, <laughs> Because the more this person looks, the more they'll be tempted. The bigger, the, 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 the more likely they are to fall because they're looking too much. So Balak told, or Balaam told King Balak, 
said, look, Jalem, look at the women. He taught him this. Said, this is how you can do it. He didn't curse them. He, he didn't go and say, look, I'm putting a curse on these people. He what he tried to do was say, well, I didn't disobey God. See, that's what people do. All to receive money. Say, well, I didn't. I didn't curse them like God told me. I, I listened for money. Drop down now. As we finish this up, I went over time, uh, but I knew we had a few minutes because we started kind of late. Um, but drop down to verse 14 as we wrap this up. Having eyes full of adultery mm -hmm. and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart mm -hmm. they have exercised with covetous practices, mm -hmm. cursed children which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, mm -hmm. but was rebuked for his iniquity. The mm -hmm. dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. This man, he went the wrong way. He went down the wrong path, all for money. Now, this was a prophet. This was someone who God spoke to. It told us at the very beginning of this chapter, he said, but there were false prophets among them. And then he, as he went work, works his way on down, he names one of them. But this man started out doing the right stuff. We didn't read chapter 20, uh, 24, or 23, um, no, 24. We didn't read chapter 24. But go back and read chapter 24 and see how this man held strong in chapter 24. But yet, after all that, he still turned back for the money. See, something you got to keep your eyes off. If we struggle with money, if we struggle with doing the right thing because of money, we got to keep our eyes off of it. Whatever it is that we struggle with, we got to look at that less. We have to look at it less because if we're not careful, the temptation will become too big. So in the book of Timothy, where we started, he told us, he said, the love of money is the root of all evil. So I just want to show you how money overtook this prophet caused him to disobey God. I mean, we see from the very beginning, he held strong the first night they came in. The next time they came with more money, even more uh, honorable people. They, we, in our day, they said, man, they, they went down there with the president. They went down there with some famous celebrities. They had the Air Force One come down there to his house. When you see all of that, you said, man, this is really serious, huh? Let me talk to God again. Man, they're talking some serious business, God. I can really get out of here. I can really get more things, get a bigger house. I can get this. I can get that. And eventually he gave in. And he was killed for it. Now, we didn't read all of it. But he was killed for it. So the love of money will cause you to destroy yourself. So I hope and pray 
Um, you guys will see how serious this is. I know we all need money. It's not to say money itself is evil. It's just the love. So at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to the hands of Melvin. God bless you guys. Um, and let us continue to pray for one another. Um, thank you. Uh, so we, I know we have a few comments. Uh, Chelsea says, praise the Lord all the way back from the beginning of the live stream. So praise the Lord to you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, it says, Bridget, you know, you left a comment, uh, but I think it was on the old video because uh, we cut out there for a second. But um, praise the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Jeremy quoted a scripture, uh, Mark 836, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? That is very true. That is very true. Um, looks like Kiara has a question uh, for Second Timothy 2 and 22 is the youthful lust he's talking about is staying from things we struggle with before the lust becomes so strong and overtake us. Let's go and pick it up. What, um, what chapter are we in? Second Timothy two and verse 22. And while we're getting that, um, Okay, I see now Bridget left a lot of other comments as well. We have to learn how to be content. If God before us, who can be against us? Money will magnify who you already are. If you were a giver, you'll give even more. But if you were flashy, you'll be even more flashier. And also, Kiara, spreading the word, tagging a lot of people. Thank you all for the comments. Thank you, guys. Thank you. But we're in Second Timothy chapter two and verse twenty-two. You got it. All right. Yes, flee, sir. Al flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now I want to go back. Go back up to verse twenty, um, so we can kind of bring this down here. Verse twenty. But in a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and of silver. Now, we are in the house of the Lord. Uh, we're talking about in the church here. He's using something natural to explain something spiritual. So he says in a great house in the church, there are not only gold and silver, meaning it's not only people who are doing the right thing people who have chosen to love God and love their neighbor, people who have chosen, look, I'm going to sell out for God. I'm going to do my best to do everything he said. He says, not only those people in the church, what else is it, man? But also of wood and of earth. People who don't want to do right. Uh-huh. And some to honor and some to dishonor. Some that are honoring God and some that are dishonoring him. You know, sometimes people talk about uh, um, certain things that a person will do. Uh, it dishonors their parent. You know, their parent doesn't approve of it. They, they're not, they're uh, displeased with it. And so that's what he's getting at. He said, in the church now, God, you're going to have people who are doing what God said and people who are not, all right? If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. 
sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. If we are willing to clean ourselves up, see, even with the gold, you have to purify it. We can think we're silver. We can think we're precious. <laughs> we can think whatever we want, but we need purification. Gold needs purifying. Have to heat it up, put it in the fire, melt out all the impurities. So when it comes to us, God has to clean us up. It doesn't matter how good we look, how handsome, how beautiful, how well we can speak, how educated we are. We need God to clean us. So he said, if you purge yourself, if you get rid of things you don't need, he said, God can use you. You're ready for God to use you. Look at what he said after that. Flee also youthful lusts, mm -hmm. but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee youthful lusts. Paul told us in one place, he said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. See, if you look at children, children behave in a certain manner. Uh, take a child, a child will go crawl around all over the ground. Uh, they don't mind eating things off the ground. All of us did this now. We had we drop some food, we're putting it in our mouths. Uh, we pick up a shoe off the ground, we're putting it in our mouth. We're doing a lot of things as a child. Now that we've matured, we don't do some of those same things. So there was a way we thought as a child, and there's a way that we think once we mature. So here he says there are youthful lusts. See, one of the main things that people say when they're young is they say, man, you know, I got time. I'm not worried about it, Melvin. I got time on my hands. See, I'm young. I'm fine. And I'm fantabulous. I, I, look, I'm good. I'll, I'll live for God. Look, living for God, that's boring. I want to have some fun. See, people talk about fun a lot when you're young. <laughs> uh, here, my brother, I was talking about working, and uh, he, he started asking me, is it fun? See, when you're a child, you think everything has to be fun when you're a child. See, when a person gets older, they realize everything's not about fun. These are youthful lusts, things that you want when you still uh, think as a youth. You want to go out and have fun. You say, look, I'm young. I'm vibrant. I'm alive. It's about fun. So there are certain uh, lusts. There are certain desires we have at young ages. We think, yeah, I got time to get right. Look, I'll get, uh, that's something I told uh, people before when I was younger, I've said it too. Look, I'm young right now. When I get older, then I'll do right. But God humbled me real quick. <laughs> I believe I was at the age of what, 21, 22. God called me to be a preacher. I didn't just start preaching yesterday. He humbled me. I had to grow up. There's some things that we think when we're young. You know, when people are young, we don't worry about the future. We don't worry about tomorrow. I remember when I was young, middle in college, taking out loan after loan. Foolish. 
And I remember thinking, man, don't worry about it. Look, I'll pay that stuff back later. I'm not even thinking about it. Uh, they, they talk to me about a lot, man, I don't care about that. See, when you're young, you don't care about a lot of stuff that you should care about. See, young people hurt themselves all the time. Intentionally hurt themselves. See, there's a lot of youthful lust that we have. There's a lot of problems that we have being young in our minds. So he said, flee those things. Look, the scripture, um, he told us, I believe, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, look, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. When you're young, you better, he says, serve God when you're young. Because the time is coming, you'll get old. So that's what he's talking about. He's talking about um, just the way a young person Generally, now, this doesn't mean everybody thinks this way. Generally, when we're younger, we have uh, a certain mind, a certain uh, way of thinking. He said, you better flee that. Get rid of those things that we're thinking. You know what? I'll tell you another thing that people think when they're young. You talk to people about getting married. They said, no, I'm too young for that. They said, no, I can't get married, man. That's, that's something old people do. You know, I'm, I'm young right now. But you know, they want to do everything that married people do. They want to sleep around, spend the night, have sleepovers with whoever, somebody that they you know like. They want to do all those things. See, this is youthful lust. Lusting after these things. Somebody uh, who I can't, who would you say mention about being flashy? Uh, Bridget um, mentioned that. Yes, Bridget mentioned about being flashy. You know, that's something youthful people like to do. Want to show off everything. We live in a day and age of technology. I'm not telling you older people don't do it because God knows I know some that do. But this is something especially youthful. We like to do this. See, when a person gets old, Melvin, see, when a, when a lady's young, she like to show her face off. She liked to put herself in front of the camera, take some pictures, show off her outfit, show off her makeup, her hair, her nails, show off those heels. But you know, when a person gets older, you know, <laughs> don't look quite the same. Um, uh, hair starts turning gray, starts getting a few more wrinkles, you know, uh, might even gain a, you know, a little weight, more weight than what we had when we were younger. So some of that kind of goes away because we've aged and we don't feel exactly the way we did when we were young, young and fine. See, that's what we think, man. See, these are some youthful us. So when we're young, we say, man, I got to show it off. I got to show off what my mama gave me. This is what youthful people do. See, there's a lot of youthful us that he's dealing with here. So I won't be able to hit them all. Um, but th this is what we do. Uh, men, even men, men try to run around and talk to every woman around town as a young person. But when they get older, they say, you know what they say, Melvin? They say, I want to settle down now. <laughs> Man say he's going to settle down. Youthful lust. Things that God doesn't want us to be doing. 
So that's what we're talking about. Any other questions, man? Uh, that's it for right now, for what I can see. Well, um, if anybody does have any other questions, get them in quickly. Uh, because we are going to get out of here if not. Um, but but yes, but if you had anything you want to say, man, definitely go ahead. I don't have much, um, but definitely uh, we as a human race, um, it seems like our only focus is on getting money. And um, like the scripture that Jeremy brought up, what good is it? You know, we gain all of this money or anything that we want, and then we die and go to hell. I'm reminded of the um, guy in the in the Bible who had barns full of stuff. And then God said, you fool, this night your soul is required of thee. Now who shall have all of this stuff? Um, I, I told this story many times before, but it definitely fits with tonight's message. It was this young guy who was aspiring to be a preacher. And the current preacher of the church said, be sure to have your church in a high income area because the more the people make, the more tithe money you will bring in. And it's a shame. Um, I remember Tony telling me a while back about a preacher who had different lines based on how much money they'll be get, giving this line, $5, this line, this he would act like the Holy Ghost was whispering in his ear that somebody was going to give him $500 or whatever the amount is, because it's all about the money. And if we want to see who a real God sent preacher is, then we compare them to the preachers in the Bible. I believe it was Peter that said silver and gold have I none, or is it, or it might've been Paul. I can't remember, but um, we see what teaching the truth brought them. It got them killed. It got the people disliking them. See, we like to listen to a lot of people that has like a huge following. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but people have itchy ears. Like I mentioned last week, people want, want to be lied to. You know, they want to be spoken smooth things to and not the truth. But we will see um, if we lose our focus off of God then we will see what's going to come of that. Um, I think we covered it last week, but it's in Haggai where it said, we work so hard, but we earn wages to be filled. I mean, to and put in a bag that's filled with holes. Now, I remember a very popular song about five or six years ago, and it said, I get the bag. But little do we know that that bag is filled with holes because we get all of this money, yet something keeps on popping up. Seems like money is just going 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 and in one place in ecclesiastes it does say that money is the answer to all things but it comes a problem when um when it comes to what we will actually do to gain money so it's the love of money uh, but that's all that i had to add on there i don't think we have any more comments so I do thank you guys who have commented, Kiara, Chelsea, Bridget, and Jeremy. And if there's anybody else that I missed, I'm sorry, because uh, we did cut out for a few seconds earlier before we got back up. But you know, we love the comments. We love the interactions. And uh, we definitely love the questions. So if you do have a question, definitely um, comment. And if not on the live stream, then in our inboxes, because they're always open, no matter what time it is, God's word is the most important thing and it's important to get an actual understanding of it 
because we can hear the word, but it means nothing if we don't get an actual understanding. In Proverbs, it says, with all thy getting, get an understanding. We have to actually understand what it's saying. So um, as a week, my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single situation, in every single situation, no matter what your earthly situation looks like, there is a reason to be joyful. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you guys got something out of the message tonight. listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.